Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. It's June 23, 2014, and this is episode 427. Okay, so a bit of a back to basics episode this week, although hopefully some of the examples that I'll show will be useful for really bringing home a few points to more advanced listeners as well. But when you first get started in digital photography, it's much easier to just leave your camera in JPEG shooting mode. Sooner or later though, most people decide that it's time to switch to RAW. And once we switch, we usually wish we'd switched much sooner. So today, we're going to look at some of the reasons why it makes sense to switch from JPEG to RAW. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code MBP. A few months ago, long-time listener Steve Martin asked me a question, a few questions about the main differences between RAW and JPEG, which got me thinking that it might help some people just getting started or even long-time shooters that still haven't switched if I talked a little bit about this today. Note that although I usually embed the images in the podcast, today you're really going to have to take a look at these images on a computer screen. So I'm not even going to embed all of the example images into the enhanced podcast this week. I'll do it for a few, but not everyone. So Go to mbp.ac slash 427 to actually click on and look at the example images that we'll talk about full screen. And widen, you know, open your browser window up as much as possible because some of them are quite high resolution files and they will fill the screen, but you really need to have your browser large enough to make that happen. So to start with, let's consider the differences between RAW and JPEG. The first and major difference is that RAW are not compressed the way JPEG files are. RAW files are usually compressed, but in such a way that the image does not suffer from the process, and this is known as lossless compression. JPEG files, on the other hand, are lossy compression, which means that the information is actually thrown away in the compression process. If you care about the quality of your work, that right there should be enough to get you thinking, but here is an example to show you what I mean. Yesterday I took a walk down to the river near my Tokyo apartment and took one photograph with the camera set up to record both a RAW file and a JPEG file, with the least possible compression applied. It's essentially exactly the same photo, but saved in both formats. And in the blog right now, the first image that we're going to look at is a JPEG that was saved in the camera. And then the image below that is the RAW file. You will have to click on them, like I say, and when you've clicked, give them a moment to read in. But once you've got them both downloaded to your computer, if you move backwards and forwards, either with your mouse or with the arrow keys on your keyboard, then you'll be able to see the difference. The, the raw image is much brighter and crisper than the JPEG file. Of course, 
A part of this is that Lightroom is doing some things to the file, but you need to bear in mind that the camera has also done a number of things to the file before saving it to a JPEG. Plus, Lightroom does this initial proce processing as soon as you import the file. So there's literally nothing that you have to do to gain this improvement in quality. If you're still not convinced, here's a 100% crop of the foliage in the center of the frame. These are 1920 by 1280 pixel crops at 100%. So, you know, like I say, either make sure that you have the browser up, up filling your screen or after you've clicked on them and can see the full sized image, drag them to your desktop so that you can then open them on your computer and take a look. What you'll see as we switch to the JPEG here is that the JPEG is automatically, you can see that it's less vibrant, but also in the 100% crop, you can see that it's less sharp. The compression applied in camera has made the image much softer than the same image saved as a raw file. Now, if you do a similar test yourself, you will probably pretty quickly find that Lightroom adds 25 clicks of sharpness on the, the sharpness slider to a raw image on import. That's, it does that automatically because raw images are not sharpened in the camera. But it doesn't do this to the JPEG. Okay, so here's a JPEG with the same amount of sharpening that Lightroom does to raw images as automatically on import, just for the sake of thoroughness. You'll see that the sharpened JPEG file gets a little bit better, but still much softer than the RAW file. This isn't really a moot point to begin with though, because as I say, RAW files are not sharpened in the camera and so require some sharpening just to get them to where the JPEGs should be. The, the JPEGs should, uh, they are sharpened in the camera and so, you know, this is really where they should be. Now, I know that you probably, you know, 99% of the listeners and readers of this podcast are already getting this. But I hope that even if you already shoot raw, you're thinking right now, wow, I didn't realize that there was such a difference. Okay, so let's have a think here about what JPEG compression is doing in simple terms, for my sake rather than yours. So when an image is saved and compressed as a JPEG file, during the conversion, the software responsible for the process looks for areas of the image that, of the image that are similar in color and tone and saves that entire area as a certain value up to the point where the color or tone is different enough that it requires to start a new area, a new set of instructions. To illustrate this, take a look at this image, which is the same as the JPEG that we looked at earlier, but saved at maximum compression. You can easily see here now how the sky is heavily banded as the compression algorithms looking for areas of color and tone at, that are much greater than those used when applying lower compression. It's basically saying you've got a, a larger um, leeway until you have to start writing a different color. So the details in the foliage and the rest of the image are all nastily crunched up, but it's most apparent in that sky. 
Another reason that JPEGs are inferior to RAW files after the lossy compression is because they're saved in 8-bit, as opposed to 12, 14 or 16-bit that's used for RAW files. Most DSLRs at this point are saving RAW files in 14-bit, which basically means that they can record much higher quality images, image data than an 8-bit JPEG created in the camera. You can actually get pretty good 8 quality 8-bit JPEGs from RAW files though, as we'll see in a moment. But when you save the image in JPEG right there in the camera, it basically throws out a huge amount of data at the same time as scrunching your image up. And there's no way to get that back without the RAW file. Okay, so before we move on, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors this week, who are Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy for you to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code MBP. So once you are shooting in RAW, you're now proud of your photographs, you want to share them with the world. And... One of the best ways to do that is to use Squarespace to build a website. You can add images instantly with drag and drop, yet they have many templates with beautiful full bleed image display and hundreds of customizable settings, including fonts, colors, and sizes. And all of this is just a, a click away. And they have gallery blocks that can be added anywhere on your website and offer hundreds of presentation variations, including slideshows, sliders, grid layouts, and more. Squarespace is constantly improving their platform with new features, new designs, and even better support. They have beautiful designs for you to start with, and all of the style options that you need to create a unique website for you or your business. The new Squarespace metric app for the iPhone or iPad allows you to check your site stats, page views, unique visitors and social media follows. With the blog app, you can make text updates, tap and drag images to change layouts and monitor comments on the go. It's incredibly easy to use, but if you want some help, Squarespace has amazing support that work 24 seven and they really just will look after your every need. It starts at just $8 a month and includes a free domain if you sign up for a year. Every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your website so that your content will look great on every device every time. You can start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure that you use that offer code MBP for Martin Bailey Photography and get a 10% discount and show your support for this podcast and blog. We thank Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. Okay, so if you shoot RAW and then export your images in JPEG format on your computer, for optimal compression with no visible digital artifacts or banding, select 92 on the quality slider when exporting as a JPEG from Lightroom, or 10 or 11 if you're exporting your images from Photoshop. From Lightroom, I exported the raw file that we're looking at that we looked at earlier at F as a full-size JPEG using both 92 and 100 on the Lightroom quality scale. And the size of the file differs greatly. 
The 100 quality JPEG is 14.2 megabytes and the 92 quality JPEG was 8.8 megabytes, which is almost half the size, but there's no visible drop in quality. In fact, a JPEG saved from the raw file at 92 quality looks identical to the raw file. So there's there really isn't much point in sh in showing you a compressed example, but here's another 100% crop for you to take a look at. Actually, because I needed to crop this in Photoshop, I saved it as a quality of 10 as opposed to 92 from Lightroom. I don't know how these scales are supposed to relate to each other, but 11 in Photoshop on a scale of 0 to 12 gives you a slightly larger file and 10 gives you a slightly smaller file, so neither directs exactly to 92 in Lightroom. But I find that the slightly heavier compression of 10 in Photoshop still doesn't show any kind of digital artifact or banding. And by the way, if you're wondering at this point how big the original JPEG file from the camera was, it was exactly 8 megabytes. So it has roughly the same amount of compression as I use in my Lightroom or Photoshop export. In fact, I'd say that the difference in size is probably comes more from the fact that the JPEG from the camera was softer overall compared to the JPEG created in Lightroom from the RAW file. The harder lines in a sharper image cause the JPEG file information to be more complex, increasing the image size. So before we move on, I'd like to impress on you that a JPEG file exported from a raw file is actually very acceptable in quality. You're still reducing it to 8-bit, but because this seems to be done much more intelligently by Lightroom or Photoshop, and probably pretty much any software that you might use to export your JPEGs, so I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that JPEGs are evil. They're just not the best way to save your images in camera as you shoot them. So what else do you lose by shooting JPEG? Okay, so a few other things to bear in mind are things like when you shoot JPEG, you can't easily change the white balance on the computer. If you shoot RAW, you can select any of the typical presets such as daylight, cloudy, shade, tungsten, etc. But if you shoot JPEG, you can only select Auto or Custom in Lightroom. Basically, your options are going to be white balance or av that's average, like an average of the red, green and blue color information in your image or take a guess at what the white balance should have been. Of course, you could shoot a grey card and use that, but you know to set the white balance. But if your images are important enough for you to do that, I can't imagine you'd be shooting JPEG anyway. You can't apply Lightroom or Adobe Camera Raw lens correction profiles or camera pro calibration profiles to JPEGs either. These can only be applied to raw files, even if you don't need to change any of these values, you're basically starting any editing that you might do to your image in Photoshop, Lightroom or any other imaging software with a substandard photograph. 
I understand that the reason most people stick with JPEG is because working with RAW files can seem a little bit daunting. After all, if you shoot JPEG, all you have to do is copy the photos to your computer and they're there, ready for you to use. If you never do more with your images than stick them on Facebook or share them with your family, you never print them large or maybe even never print them at all, then you may well be fine to stick with JPEG. If, however, you know that you want to create better quality images, but you're sticking with JPEG because you don't know what extra steps it's going to mean for your photography, then it might not be as bad as you think. If you already use Adobe Lightroom or Bridge or Photoshop or Ad Apple Aperture or iPhoto even, you have absolutely nothing extra to do to switch to raw, the RAW workflow. You just change your camera to RAW and carry on as you have so far. All of these programs handle RAW files without skipping a beat. There are times when new camera bodies are released and you have to wait a little bit, a while for these programs to be updated. And that can be a pain. But unless your camera has just been released, there's really nothing to worry about. Also note that all cameras come with software that will enable you to process your RAW files. The downside is that these programs are usually crap, but the, they can at least be used as a stopgap until the main image workflow applications that I just mentioned catch up with the latest releases. The only time that you will find that you do have extra steps if you use a digital photo workflow application like Lightroom or Aperture is when you want to share images. Instead of just copying the file from your hard drive, you have to export them. Of course, if you are resizing and exporting for the web, you'd have to do this anyway. So again, the workflow is no different. But for full-sized images that you could have just copied, you will have to export them as JPEG or, you know, maybe photo, Photoshop PSD files or TIFF files, etc. to take them, for example, to get prints made. Most online print services require JPEG, so they'd need to be exported. But as we saw earlier, you'll still get better quality JPEGs if you shoot RAW and then export just for any special requirements that you might have. Of course, Photoshop, Lightroom and Aperture, etc. cost money. You might consider Photoshop Elements if you don't intend to do a lot of editing. And even Elements is a pretty capable editor anyway. Personally, my preference is Adobe Lightroom with occasional jumps into Photoshop and a number of plugins that I use regularly. But nothing that I do in my workflow would be any easier if I shot JPEG. Actually, I guess I should mention that because RAW files are larger than JPEG, you might find that you need more memory for your camera and you'll fill your computer hard drive more quickly. This also means that backups could be slower, but these are things that most photographers feel are small prices to pay for the better quality and freedom that shooting in RAW gives us. So, also, just for thoroughness, let's think about a few examples of when you might find it beneficial to shoot in RAW over JPEG. 
If, for example, you should find yourself in a situation where you have only a tiny bit of memory space left on your cards, then it's a toss-up between shooting JPEG or not getting any photos at all, then, you know, sure, consider shooting JPEG. But memory cards are cheap enough these days that hopefully you won't be in that situation. Also, there are times when a photographer might need to very quickly view or hand off images to people and literally there will be no time to import the images to a program like Lightroom and then export them as JPEGs. I can imagine that super rushed sports photographers or photojournalists sometimes might have to fall back on this. In a situation like this though, I'm sure that they would probably have their cameras shoot both RAW and JPEG so that they at least have the, the full quality version of their prized shots on hand and can maybe replace the, the JPEGs that were sent ahead at a later time. Also, we need to bear in mind that small newspaper photographs are generally quite low resolution anyway. The printing process is quite low resolution, so people wouldn't really be able to notice the difference. Okay, so that's it for now on the JPEG and RAW thing, but I hope that you found that useful, even if you already shoot RAW. Many people think that JPEGs that come out of the camera, the quality is much better, but in most cases, it really is quite poor. Okay, so before we finish, I've got a bit of an announcement. You remember a few weeks ago, I, we did a the Fine Art Print giveaway? Well, today we have a winner. Mason Higa, I'm, and I'm, I'm really sorry if I'm messing up your surname there, Mason, uh, but Mason Hinga or Hinga will soon be the hopefully proud owner of my waterfall shot from Iceland. Thanks to all of you that entered, and I also wanted to let you know that I've now set up a fine art print giveaway page on my website, and I will be giving away a print periodically for a while. The next draw is going to be August the 1st, 2014, and you can enter at the page mbp.ac slash giveaway, all one word. And this time I'm going to give away, again, a 17 by 24 inch print, this time of my Dead Flay Silhouettes image. You can enter as many times as you like. You know, if you entered the last time, you're fine to enter again. Each time I draw a winner, your details will be migrated to our main newsletter list, but only included once. So, you know, if, if you're already in the main list, you will not be receiving multiple copies of our email or anything like that. And I won't spam you either. I only mail this list occasionally, and it's hopefully usually information that you're going to be interested in. So if you decide that you don't want the newsletter at any point, then there's an unsubscribe link in each email. So good luck with that. We've got uh, just, what, five, six weeks now until the next draw. So I hope that you're interested and go over to that page and sign up and hopefully get a chance to win that print. So thanks very much for listening today. Remember that you can find me on Google+, Twitter and Facebook and links to everything that I'm up to are at martinbaileyphotography.com. So do drop by and take a look. I'll be back next week with another episode. But in the meantime, take care and have a great week, whatever you're doing. Bye-bye.